Well, a year-long review commissioned by the State School Teachers Union of WA was released recently and has revealed that many teachers are planning to leave the profession which will exasperate the existing teacher shortage. Oh, my goodness, don't let this happen. Dr Saul Karlofsky is joining us now from the Curtin University School of Education Senior Lecturer. You were a teacher once. I was, Jenny, indeed. You learned the hard way. Yes, I got burnt out from the profession uh, many, many years ago now, but found it very emotionally exhausting and difficult to keep up with the demands and expectations placed upon me. And uh, thankfully, Curtin University threw me a lifeline and I started a PhD and decided to research this very area, why teachers leave and why they what they say and what they feel about their work and how that's related to attrition and retention. Good you're doing that. It's great you're doing it. Has this been going on for a long time? It has. Those of us who are deeply engaged, like myself as education researchers, have seen the writing on the wall, as it were, for many, many years, noticing what teachers are saying about their work, their daily tasks that they're required to do, and this increasing responsibility to take on more than just facilitating learning in the classroom. And teachers are quasi-counsellors and psychologists. Teachers are security guards and, may I say, prison officers at times as well in terms of the extreme violence that uh, our teachers are facing. In fact, uh, uh, recent evidence from our state school teachers' union shows that teachers are are facing violent events on average 45 every 45 minutes in our state a violent event is occurring in our schools Goodness. and teachers have to deal with this in a very real way well that shouldn't be the case obviously there's a few issues in there that you talked about first of all it has seemed to have escalated i suppose the amount of work they're having to do apart from just standing in front of the students and teaching them you think technology would be a great help why has it progressed to that and then we'll get on to why are we seeing increased violence so the first thing is yes yeah, so uh, in terms of the the increasing amount of work uh, again teachers need to now use technologies like central reporting systems to report any incident or infraction from the most low-key minor events all the way to the most escalated violence events which of course you need good documentation and accountability for some of those extreme events but this goes all the way down to the most minor of things i've had teachers tell me that you know a child scrapes their knee in the playground and get, they have to give them a band-aid and requires you know reams of paperwork that they have to do so why 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 do they have to report all of that we live in a risk averse ah, society okay. yeah, and yeah. particularly in our government schools the uh, risk management that has been dialed up and our parent listeners out there or even our carers uh, uh, would know that uh, if a child has an incursion meaning that they are not going outside of the school grounds but an incursion so SciTech coming and doing some kind of science activity for young people as a parent, and I'm a parent of two primary school age children as well, I have to fill in a permission slip for an incursion. Oh, my God. So, you know, this is the, the, the way in which uh, this risk-averse uh, society we live uh, creates a very material reality for teachers. In fact, uh, in a five-year period, uh, the union did, did some reporting on this, teachers' administrative work journey increased by 90%, within a five-year period. And many teachers are telling us this is one of the number one reasons they're intending to leave the profession. In fact, our union has just reported that 80 86% of our state school teachers who are in the 
the union given, but they had intended or considered leaving the profession in the preceding year. Mm. 86%. Now, that is an alarm bell uh, for us as a society uh, and certainly as a state. Oh, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. It's it's incomprehensible, to be very honest with you. Who's going to be encouraged to come in and take on the profession when they, they can see in the future that it's not changing quickly enough? Yes, and this is where we've seen a real, what I would call a paradigm shift in that uh, many of us are talking and, and it's great to see the media coming on board with these stories. Instead of pointing the finger of blame at teachers and saying, why aren't you doing a good enough job, which was the case up until fairly recently, we now see people really facing this reality that teachers are struggling. Mm. They really are. They're not just whinging. They're not just saying they want pay. So again, as another data point, in contrast, the union found that you know, only 20% of teachers say that the reason they intended to leave the profession was because of pay. You know, and the number one issue, workload. Yeah, and yes. closely connected to workload was their overall health and well-being. We have more teachers stressed, anxious and depressed. And this is very clear that uh, our teachers are really um, uh, mentally and physically struggling uh, with their work. And they're saying, I can't do this anymore. They're throwing their hands up. There are more and more people early taking early retirements. We're also finding that, yes, the government's trying to encourage more people to come to the profession, but uh, we're not seeing it at the moment. There is going to be a predicted 20% shortfall in teacher education courses in our country yeah. starting next year. So you're right. More people are realising it's a tough job. You have pretty poor work-life balance. I'll look elsewhere for a profession. Okay, what needs to be done? What needs to be done? I think number one is our state education ministers in line with our federal education minister really need to bring trust back into the system and the profession. They need to trust teacher leaders and alongside education researchers and policy makers to come together to really start to radically rethink things like teacher workload, which is how many hours somebody has to do the given tasks they are required to do. Now, again, in our state, most teachers are working 55 hours per week on average. And a lot of that time is done in school, but increasingly, and we're seeing this trend upwards, they're doing it at home. And again, our parents and carers out there, much like I have, I've received emails from my kids' teachers at 9.30 at night, and I'm thinking to myself, why haven't you got your your feet up with a glass of wine and and watching something and and decompressing from your next uh, day? So... It's, it's really challenging, but we need to come together to, to rethink workload and trust in teaching as a community and professionally and from a policy level. Why has it escalated to the point where this workload is so great, do you think? Is, is a protection, like you say, if they have an accident in the, in the school grounds or that sort of thing, they have to protect themselves? Why has it happened? I feel that there has been now an unrealistic uh, expectation put upon schools, not just teachers, but schools, to really be the uh, driver for uh, societal change. So, okay, young people are disconnected from learning and they don't read very well and they're not great at maths. Okay, schools are the solution to that and teachers as the agents of change must make those things improve and parents expect that as well and parents expect that and uh, increasingly we find parents who uh, um, have you know 
unfair expectations of what is actually possible from a teacher and they treat teachers on the whole at times disrespectfully and expect a great deal from them and this pressure is put upon principals as well again you know their our school leaders are 11 times more likely to be subjected to uh violence or be intimidated by violence in the average australian now there's something wrong going on there with our society that parents yes are coming into schools and they're either intimidating or subjecting principals to violence and in fact many principals particularly in some school contexts receive daily death threats oh, now again this yeah. is something where a, a, a principal's job is incredibly hard a principal is working 55 to 60 hours a week a principal has to take on the leadership and now increasingly the school business plan even in our state schools yet they're being intimidated by death threats mm. in some school communities so we really have to take a step back and go hang on a minute this is this is a red flag for us as a community and we should pause a moment and think about how do we do this differently and it has to come at multiple levels there's no there's no simple solutions you mentioned earlier that the violence you know state of violence here with a young juvenile sort of thing is greater we're what number three in the world or something well so we rank one of the lowest in the oecd uh for um student misbehavior so uh we we, the frequency of student disruptive events so they can be anywhere from low-key to to higher violent events but uh, the frequency of that and as well student bullying that occurs, so student-to-student bullying and violence and intimidation, we rank one of the lowest in the OECD. So it means it's happening very frequently. That's and again, yeah, as I cited, in this in in this state, uh, a school-based violent event every forty-five minutes. Yeah, you know that's that's really worrying. Do you, do you think it's a f- sense of entitlement these days with social media? You know, people of course bullying each other all the time, and and I think parents feel they can go to the school and complain about the way my child was treated or spoken to. Whereas once when we went home from school and said, "Oh, the teacher growled at me today" or something, and they say, "Well, it must have been your fault." basically yes. whether that was right or wrong i don't know but it mm. was so different today mm. back yes then. there there i think there is uh, again a lack of trust in what teachers do and yeah. many people including students feel like they can question teachers question them for their um their knowledge their position of authority within the school but also i think a larger issue jenny is that schools in the way that they're structured simply haven't kept up with the modern world in fact schools are still designed on a late 1800s factory style model Mm. in some countries in the world especially in finland they don't batch kids by their date of manufacture anymore meaning they don't have any year level groups they group young people according to interest and sometimes by ability but mostly by interest so uh, a group of young people can be in a in a class learning italian uh, because they're all interested in their range from year four through to year 10 and that's what binds those learners together and the teacher can think all of these young people are interested they all are around the same ability they're some more advanced i can pair them with them the ones that are less advanced so some countries have decided to take certain things out of schools including standardized curriculum including standardized testing including things like year grouping 
and they've found you know what the kids are happier they're more engaged their teachers are much happier they want to stay in the profession they love being there it's still challenging they yeah. still have uh, daily issues that they need to manage but they don't feel overwhelmed every day and they feel like they are making a difference and again you know what the key is in finland trust yes. they put trust in their educators to make the decisions for their communities of learners well with this incredible model that you're talking about why can't that be considered here with your work that you're doing surely this is a subject that would be brought up mm. and you know look um uh, experts uh, great experts than me like Pazi Salzberg who's been in our country he's from Finland and he was instrumental in designing the Finnish education system and Pazi came to Australia and he's he's working out of Sydney at the moment uh, University of Sydney and and he's been talking about this for a few years now and and hoping that policymakers will will listen uh, I, I think it's possible it, it's it would be very difficult and at great expense And the one thing that Australia has that is different to countries like Finland is a much more diverse cultural linguistic uh, makeup. So there's some of that to account for, but I think that could actually make our schools more interesting, more diverse and better suited to, to our community. Well, we've got to a danger point, really. I mean, this whole profession is very much uh, expected to, to remain for our children in the future uh, mm. with education. What about the implications for private versus public schooling? Well, this is around funding. So uh, it's clear that our funding model for schools is still not right. And most uh, people may be familiar with the name Gonski. So, so Gonski raised this uh, several years ago now. And uh, the funding model that Gonski proposed is still not uh, in place. In fact, WA schools are receiving 5% under the funding that is recommended at the recommended level in fact early on in the piece gonski said he thought that western australia in particular because of its regional remote context should receive 105% of funding more oh, okay. than the standard because of this vast beautiful country we have and state where its education is very different when you go to halls creek uh, yeah. from from metropolitan perth and so those young people don't have the same opportunities and advantages as we do here in the city so you know it, it's a funding and and private schools are still overfunded and look there's um different private schools within the big umbrella um but the most elite shouldn't be overfunded by they get funded the government. governments don't they correct yeah, yeah. Which, and, yeah, and on the whole sense. they're overfunded that makes sense yeah. Yeah, yeah it really does so okay with your research that you're doing how far have you got with this the inf you know the information you have now well uh the research that i'm particularly interested in at the moment is to elevate teachers voices uh i uh am have developed an expertise in this space over a number of years but i'm not an expert of teacher well-being teachers are so we need to be listening to teachers deeply and we need to be elevating their voices so with a colleague here at curtain dr brad gobby and i we research teachers online discussions on a site called reddit uh, which some of your listeners may be familiar with so we look at reddit to try and understand what australian teachers are telling us about things like workload about well-being uh, about student behavior and so we're using that to report on uh, their thoughts their feelings their emotions uh and through this hopefully really try and get through to the people that matter which is our policy makers and so they can make tangible reforms well they're the front line 
they Absolutely. know they're there every day. They, sh- they have to be listened to. Otherwise, what, what, what are we going to have, you know, schools that are empty, you know, because we don't have teachers that are there. So exactly. there's, is there a short-term solution in the meantime until something changes, do you think? Well, I think if we're, we're looking just at Western Australia, uh, I'd like us to adopt uh, where Victoria have, have gone uh, most recently with, with their recent, and this is in, in public schools, but with uh, negotiating workload uh, in that state has gotten to a, a place where, where the, the Victorian Teachers Union what was happy in terms of a reduction in administrative work that teachers That's are doing right, yeah. uh, and giving teachers, because our, our teachers here in WA are saying that all that admin work is taking time away from quality teaching and learning and building relationships with young people. So give them some relief, either give them yeah. more time to do it or... I would argue hire paraprofessionals in schools like our wonderful front office staff who you know, pr- provide a vital service within our schools. Hire an extra couple of part-time people who can do that admin work to have that them. background and experience. Take it off them so they can do the, the really important stuff which is uh, in the classroom. Of course, of course it uh, is. And connecting with young people and their families and making learning really mm. engaging and meaningful to their lives. I was speaking to someone last week about this whole situation actually and his Churchill Fellowship uh, got a PhD in it in this area of, of education and he was saying exactly what you are saying with the advent of AI these days the, all, a lot of this can be taken and looked after from them and give them freer time mm. uh, and I was also saying to have a room full of 30 teenagers one in a, t- in a room can be quite confronting let alone 30 but that's not the problem we've always had teenagers at school Correct, yes. yes. And they've, yeah. uh, you know, t- teenage, uh, the teenage brain uh, will resist authority and the teenage <laughs> brain will take risks and the teenage brain is socially geared. So yeah. they, they, that hasn't changed in a long, long time. But what has changed is uh, what teachers are doing in their daily work lives exactly and right. how much that is impacting uh, their work-life balance and how they feel about their job and you're right we're in a crisis at the moment yes, is is certainly. an emergency yeah. and we absolutely need to do something about this or you know will the, the federal government is saying we'll be uh, over 4000 teachers short by 2025 that is incredibly conservative though uh, from my estimation, mm. that's conservative. It's going to be a lot more than that. So things happen to happen, have to happen right away. Yes, to definitely. stem the tide. And so it's up to the federal or the state government to look at these models you've mentioned? Both. Both. Both, okay. because that's how education okay. works in our country. So we've got direct contact with anyone about this? Uh, well, if our listeners uh, want to reach out to, to Tony Booty, uh, who is our state education minister, I think that's a, a good starting point. Don Booty. Yeah, Tony yeah, yeah. Booty, Tony yes, Booty, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Okay, and with you all behind it, well, we might see you marching in the streets in the near future. Oh, absolutely. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That was interesting, Saul. We do commiserate with everyone and the teachers battling their way through all of this because we do rely on them for so much that you do. Yes, and if any teachers are listening out there, ultimately look after yourself uh, and if you have to say no to things, say no to things and uh, really use the summer holidays to take time and decompress and do the things that you love and bring yeah. you you know joy and make you relax because you'll need to charge up for for the next year it'll come around real quick oh my goodness so <laughs> thank you so much please keep us informed you're welcome Jim. thank you yeah.